everyone. Welcome to this episode of the A to Z of Tech podcast. Today's topic is R for robotics. I'm your host, Shreya, and I have with me Louise here. Hi, Shreya. Hello, Louise. Robotics is definitely one of those topics that's advancing at a great pace in today's world. And it has the potential to bring such great benefits to the economy, not only by boosting productivity, but also, you know, in terms of developing new and better products and services for us all. Um, growing up, my favorite robot memory was Wally. And if you ask me today, Louise, it really feels like the robotic vacuum cleaner is definitely my best friend. I have to say the robotic vacuum cleaner is also a firm favorite in my house as well. Although I think for me, my memories or connotations of robots are actually a bit more old school than yours. So for me, I always think about the film Metropolis and the kind of chaotic scenes that come in that film. Um, and actually, I think that probably links into some of that possible disruption that robotics can bring, as well as those benefits that you've touched on, which I'm sure we'll be covering in today's conversation. Um, I also have to say I'm, I'm quite looking forward to hearing about what actually makes a robot a robot. So again, I'm sure our guests are going to be able to enlighten us on that topic. And today we are actually joined by two guests for this episode who will be exploring some of these topics and more. Yeah, Louise, I'm delighted to say we are joined by Ginny Foster, who is Market Development Manager at NetPower, and Liz Ajayi, who is PwC Consulting Technical Lead for Intelligent Automation in the UK. Ginny, if we could turn to you first, could you tell us a little bit more about how you ended up working in the field of robotics? Thank you so much for having me. So I have a technical background in electrical engineering, and I, I chose to pursue a degree in engineering um, when I graduated from high school. And I, I believe it was the challenge of engineering that has kept me on the path of growth and learning. Um, as, as I have advanced in, in each, of, each of the steps along the way in my educational journey and then in my career journey, um, I have taken great pleasure in learning new things and and leaning into new challenges. And it's the challenge of robotics that is extremely fun and exciting to lean into. Brilliant. Thank you, Ginny, for that introduction. So could you explain to us a little bit more about what the difference is between robotics and automation? Because I think that they're probably two concepts that, that are used interchangeably, but it would be, it'd be, it'd be great to know your thoughts on this. Yeah, so in my opinion, robotics is a subcategory of automation because automation is a means of carrying out a task in a way that a human doesn't have to you know, manually do it. Robotics is just one way of automating. And there are several other ways of automating too, um, and these, all of these ways of automating have come before robotics. Um, so, so in my role at Nest Power, I'm able to help our customers as we provide design and application engineering expertise in areas such as electrical control, motion control, safety, structural aluminum framing, pneumatics, and hydraulics. So the addition of robotics to this to this already very full uh, repertoire of solutions for automation 
is it's very much the next step to take right now, considering the trends in the world. Thank you, Jenny, for that input. Um, so quickly, uh, touching on something that you said, you help your clients decide on uh, when a robotic solution is right for them. How do you decide that? Could you share a bit more about that? So the two easiest things to look for in a process are repeatability and ergonomics. Repeatability in that it's a task performed the same way again and again. Ergonomics in that it has a motion that would eventually, over time, wear out the joints on a human body. And once we hone in on the exact process, then we start to ask questions. And the first question is, what kind of robot is the best fit? Because there's many types of robots out there, and we are partnered with world-class leaders in industrial and collaborative robotic arms. And they have many different types of robots, from articulated arms to scarotype arms or delta or spider-type robots. These are robots designed for all types of movement. So then the next question we ask is, what type of material are you moving? And how are you moving it? Because this will determine the number of axes your robot will need. Four axis, six axis, seven axis. Each robot has a number of articulated joints. And the number of axes refers to the number of joints on the arm. Additionally, the type of material you are moving will determine the type of end of arm tooling. So grippers, vacuum cups or suction cups, tool changers, or any combination of these. There are literally hundreds of options. And we keep asking a lot of questions until we drill down to exactly what it is that we can help you with. So the third question we want to know is, what is your maximum reach? How far will the robot arm need to extend in order to perform the full task? And then we wanna know, what's your payload? How heavy is the object you want to lift? And then we're interested in cycle time. How long does it take the robot arm to complete one full movement? starting from home position, performing the task, and then returning to home position. So with this information, we create a simulation video of a robot performing the task to give you an idea of what it would look like so you could see how you would want people to interact with the robot. And what this does is it helps our team understand safety sensors. What type of safety sensors do you need incorporated and the level of human collaboration that your robot needs in order to work best with your current setup. Thank you, Ginny. I have to say, I didn't realize there were so many different factors at play when it came to robots. Um, and equally, I am, as somebody who is very much an arachnophobe, I am not enjoying the sound of the spider robot. Um, but maybe moving on to ask you a follow-up question to that then. Would you be able to give us a few, I suppose, real world examples of where this type of technology is actually being put into practice at the moment? Sure. There's palletizing and palletizing is where you take any number of items and you put them on a pallet. Um, there's machine tending, which is where a, a robot would be capable of opening and closing and changing a tool within a machine and then starting the machine up again. Um, there's press tending, dispensing, welding, a pick and placing. Pick and placing is something that we see very frequently because as products move down a conveyor on a production line, you need to be able to pick them up and put them into a box so that they can go to their next stage. Um, there's painting, there's sorting. 
um, bottling, adding the bottle caps to the tops of containers once they're filled with liquid, and just general material handling. That's where we're seeing robots really shine in, in the world today. And you can see videos of different applications on the Nest Power YouTube channel. And some of these videos show collaborative robots, which work safely alongside humans. And other videos show industrial robots, which can go into human collaborative modes with the help of safety sensors and then return to full industrial mode and high speed operations when the humans are no longer standing nearby. Thank you, Jenny. Um, over the last year, all of us have changed a little bit. How has the global pandemic created a shift in the robotics industry? Well, after the global pandemic, there was a there was a kind of enlightenment. People began to realize the fact that robots don't get sick. Robots don't take vacation. Robots are highly repeatable. Robots don't get tired. And robots have the capability to work lights out 24-7. So we're seeing more and more manufacturing companies that are looking for robots to automate their processes. And some people would think that robotic automation is controversial. There are people who are concerned that robots will take away their jobs, but that's not true. Robots will not take away jobs. Robots will not take away people's jobs. They replace tasks. The analogy that I think of with automation is automation in the home. So dishwashers, washing machines, and dryers, these do not re replace people. They don't replace our family members. Instead, they free up our time so we can go do other things. And the tasks that robots are designed to replace are the three Ds, dull, dangerous, and dirty. So by having a robot perform these tasks, humans are able to do the things that we do best, which is create, problem solve, and communicate. So in my opinion, robots are a path to growth for individuals as well as humanity as a whole. And the field of robotics is a growing industry with opportunities for individuals who are truly interested in learning. Brilliant, thank you, Ginny. Um, I think at this point, I may now turn to Liz to bring you into the conversation. And I think we probably will be asking you some questions around some of these challenges and also benefits that Ginny has also touched on. But if you wouldn't mind, first of all, if you could maybe tell us a little bit about your career and how you have also ended up working in the field of automation and robotics. Absolutely, thanks Louise. Um, so I started my career as a tech consultant and ventured into robotics and AI six years ago. And ever since I started, you know, this sort of journey, um, I haven't looked back. Honestly, it's been uh, an exciting career and I've worked across many industries and sectors, um, advising clients and helping them harness the power of of robotics. Thank you, Liz, for the introduction. From your perspective, what have been some of the main advances in the field of robotics um, you've worked with on your clients and what sort of benefits do they bring? Thank you. Um, as I said, this, this technology is rapidly evolving and there's some notable advances to bring to bear. The first one is computing power and speed and how much 
that advancement has increased, you know, the speed and scale at which you can deploy robotics and, and automation. And I have worked with clients to deploy robots on servers, giving them the capacity to work 24 seven and I work across many processes. The second advance um, is, is around artificial intelligence and, and how this technology has increased in its uh, capacity to make decisions and demonstrate intelligent capabilities. And this has allowed us to apply robotics to more complex problems and use robots to make uh, and, 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 and train robots to make basic decisions or um, read documents, which sounds like a very simple task, but actually requires a bit of vision and uh, language understanding. So the advancement around intelligence has really increased the potential of the technology and the type of problems that it can solve. The third advancement is not necessarily around the technology itself, but it's really around the governance frameworks that have been emerging with the platforms and, 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 and the robotics technologies out there in the market. And this is allowing, this is enabling trust and also making it easy to manage and monitor the robots and ensure that everyone has confidence in not just their ability to deliver, but to also um, have the right level of controls. Brilliant, thank you, Liz. Um... From what Ginny was saying, um, I think it sounds as though the majority of the, the clients and sectors that she works works with are kind of manufacturing and industrial processes. Are you working with clients in similar sectors or are you seeing, you seeing interest in, in these types of processes from other areas as well? So every industrial sector I know is either deploying um, robotics or looking actively looking at how they can pilot it and, and deploy it. Um, and I know a lot of CEOs have this at the top of their agenda as well. Personally, I've been working a lot in the government sector, working with local councils and helping them deploy this across a number of transactional areas. And in the wake of COVID, this wasn't just about automation or efficiency it was more about delivering more with less it was more about augmenting council staffs with robots so they can get through the increasing demand for support and things like covid related grants quite quickly so it's a lot of practical examples i can bring to life particularly from local government and the work that councils have been doing but there are similar examples across the private sector from industries like telecoms to financial services where banks have are well underway their robotics uh, program and some banks actually have thousands of robots supporting their staff members in the back office. 
So Liz, could you tell us a little bit more about on the flip side, what some of the challenges have been in these types of technologies and processes being implemented? Thank you, Louise. So there are three challenges um, that I tend to come across you know, quite frequently. The first one is really around how to manage the implications of this technology on the workforce and particularly how to manage the anxiety that arises from the fear of changes to jobs or roles. The second challenge is around navigating how to deploy this technology at a massive scale and really knowing where to start and how to start. The third challenge is around navigating the technical ambiguity that clients sometimes face with deploying this and determining how to set it up within their infrastructure and IT estates in a sustainable way. What, or if any, real world robotic solutions do you think we will start seeing in the future? So maybe sort of in five years time. Um, Liz, if I might throw that one to you first. I think the, the nature of the solutions, uh, of robotic solutions, we see will will start to change in the, in the next two to three years. And I think it would move away from robotic applications relating to transactional administrative work to seeing robotic applications in specialist fields. And I think that new genre of robotics will be designed to assist and augment humans. It would be designed, they will be designed to work more closely alongside humans in fields like law and, and particularly in the medical fields as well to help with heavy lifting and um, as much work as, as, as a robot can do. So the human or humans are laser focused on at solving complex problems. So in the future, I am looking forward to having a robot that helps me in my day-to-day -day role so I can spend less hours at work. <laughs> but on a serious note, I think I'm looking forward to do, doing more and doing more of what I love uh, with the support of, of a robot that works alongside me on my laptop and helps me with a lot of the administrative but also um, repeatable stuff that I do today. I like the sound of your robot, Liz, and I would very much like to meet it when, when, he, when he arrives. Um... I'll probably name it after <laughs> you, Louise. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Ginny, if I might put the same, the same question to yourself about um, future expectations, maybe on that hardware side rather than the software side that Liz has touched on. Thanks, Louise. So advanced vision systems are the game changers. And we happen to be partnered with the world leader in safety and vision sensors for robotics. And you can see their LiDAR and 3D cameras changing the world of autonomous mobile robots right now. 
So already inputs from advanced vision systems are allowing autonomous mobile robots or AMRs to navigate warehouse and office environments in real time. And going back to what Shreya mentioned in the introduction, the very similar technology, in fact, it's very similar algorithms that allow those uh, vacuum cleaning robots to navigate. Imagine that on an industrial scale. Imagine that underneath pallets. Imagine that uh, moving through an industrial manufacturing or distribution warehouse. That's the picture you need to have in your mind. So where we will see AMRs in the future, where this will go in the future will be a safe and humane replacement for forklifts. Forklift accidents and injuries cause significant damage to humans and property. And unfortunately, they're an incredibly common occurrence. And they, they usually result in long-term damage to human beings and highly expensive damage to property. So advanced vision systems are the key to creating an autonomous mobile solution for forklifts. And I think this is one of the examples where we will see a real-world solution in the very near future. Thank you, Ginny. Um, I, I can definitely imagine a warehouse scenario where autonomous robots are walking this, uh, the lanes on their own. But when I think about my relationship with robots, I almost think like autonomous cars and things of that nature. I guess, where do you think the relationship between humans and robots are going in the future? I turn to you first, Ginny. Thanks, Shreya. Going forward, I think humanity will definitely benefit from robots in two ways. From a practical standpoint, robots will help us scale our operations quickly. Tying into what Liz said, once you have experience with one robot, it is so easy to see the possibility with more robots that this lends to the scalability of production. And secondly, robots will give us an opportunity to explore our ability to learn. And there will be a question that we will be answering in the future. And that question will be, is it humane to ask a person to do a task that a robot would perform better? Fascinating uh, viewpoint, definitely one for future conversations. But if I turn to you, Liz, you already have your vision of your little laptop robot that you're going to name after Luis, but what do you think the relationship will look like in the future? I think, the relationship between human and robots in the future will be, will be quite interesting and I think it would uh, take different forms. I think you would have humans working very closely with robots, as I said earlier, with robots acting as personal assistants or providing assistance in some capacity. I think in future, you'd also start to see, you know, very well-developed robot and human um, reporting structures with humans looking after robots, supervising them and, and managing how they work. I think what is probably most exciting is how robots and humans will work alongside in the future to innovate, to solve problems, particularly in sections where we haven't been able to innovate really quickly because of uh, reducing human capacity. Wonderful. Thank you both for that discussion. 
I guess for our listeners, Ginny, do you have any recommendation of reading resources? Absolutely. There is a book I recommend, and the book is called Mindset by Carol Dweck. This book describes how we have two basic responses when we're faced with a challenge. We can either respond with the fixed mindset, which is generally one that fears change and believes we are incapable of learning new things. Or we can respond with the growth mindset, which is open to learning and enjoys challenges because they help us reach our full potential. And the industry of robotics is growing. This is an ever-expanding horizon. And for those people who are interested in learning, this is a great opportunity to start right now today. You can find me, Ginny Foster, on LinkedIn. That's Ginny with a G. And you can see more videos on Nest Power's YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you, Ginny. Uh, I turn to you, Liz. Any recommendations for our listeners? So my recommendation would be to tap into the research um, out there around the future of robotics as a technology, but also how it would impact the world of work. And PwC has particularly done a lot of research in this space, which is all accessible on, on the website. But I'm also happy um, to talk about robotics anytime. So I am on LinkedIn as Elizabeth Ajayi, and I constantly share uh, blogs and content around robotics and the work that I do. Brilliant. Thank you, Liz, as well there. Um, I think as we've actually really heard from both of you, obviously the world of robotics is not just evolving, but also bringing new solutions to how we work and, and how the wider how the wider world is operating. Um, Obviously, Louise, the laptop robot, will be coming to an office near us in, in the not too distant future. Um, but on a, on a more serious note, a big thank you to both um, yourself, Liz, and to you, Ginny, for joining us today um, and taking part in this discussion. Um, and also thank you to our listeners. Thank you for joining us as always. In, you can find us on all reputable podcast outlets by searching for the A to Z of tech. And as always, don't forget to subscribe so you can join us for our next episode. <laughs>